The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off of everything in the SGPN Store. Drivers, start your in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you asked me stupid questions but since i'm on probation i suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well if you could talk about racing things we could talk about racing now here are your hosts rod via gomez and cody zeeb getting prepared for more super speedway racing this is the nascar gambling podcast here on the sports gambling podcast network he's cody zeeb I'm Rod Gomez. It's Thursday, and that must mean it is time for DFS Talk. I know it's not normally Thursday because it's normally Friday, but, uh, you know, we got we got no trucks this week, so we're moving everything up an episode. And then, of course, Friday we'll have a guest for you as well. But, Cody, brother, Super Speedway Racing, I know you love betting on Super Speedway Racing, oh. <laughs> but do you love DFS on Super uh, Speedway you, Racing? You know, if you've listened the last two days, how much I love betting on Super Speedways. I also love playing DFS on super speedways. I don't need a fancy spreadsheet. I don't need this lineup optimizer that does all this crap. I put names in a hat. I let my daughter draw lineups out for me. And half the time, those are the ones that win. This race gives everybody a level playing field and chance to win things. Now, you've got to treat it the same way you treat betting on a super speedway. You put those lineups in. Expect to win nothing. If you have any willpower at all, do not look at those lineups until 25, 30 minutes after the race is over and they've settled all the chaos from the last couple of laps. They've adjusted where people finished 18 times and put the final scores in there for you. That's when it's safe to look. Your lineups will fluctuate. Possibly tens, possibly hundreds, possibly thousands of dollars in just a matter of one lap Things are so crazy and change so much at super speedways that it, it does fluctuate like crazy. If you're like me, you're going to watch that roller coaster ride because you can't jump off. I love to watch it just go up and down and watch myself win money and then lose it and then win it again and then lose it and then think I won it and then for them to finish the final scoring. And I lost it all, but uh, it's always a good time. Uh, again, I mean, this is this is kind of the the everyday casual DFS player, which I would say we're more of that type than than you know we're, we're not entering 150 lineups and have all these spreadsheets and that you know us by now. That's not us, but this is the type of race that equalizes that for us, gives us the chance. And if you're doing any research at all, you're already doing more than the common DFS player, right? And so just by listening to this, that already gives you that heads up because. Now you're going to hear us go over this. You're going to hear us talk about how you don't have to spend all your salary. Leave $5,000 on the table. Leave $10,000 on the table. It doesn't matter. At Super Speedways, you can do whatever you want. 
You can stack the back. You can go cheap drivers. You can get some expensive guys, all middle-of-the-road guys. Whatever you want, there is not a bad strategy in DFL. I was going to say maybe don't play the guys starting first through sixth, but if we end up with a race like last year at Talladega, that might end up being the winning play. So there is no bad strategies at, at a super speedway when it comes to DFS. Um, but obviously, there are still some advantages to be had. Certain guys you're going to want to target more than other guys. Certain guys that have super high ceilings, maybe lower floors, but if you're looking to go for it all. Uh, and so, yeah, there is there is still the advantage to be gained. Don't turn the show off, of course. But, uh, but it, it is uh, a much more fun DFS grouping because it is so much harder to predict and the craziest lineups win money. At the end of the race, just go look at whatever contest you entered and go to the top and see who they had. And you're going to be like, they had who? And it's going to shock you. It, it does every time. Super Speedway DFS is not for the faint of heart. I will tell you that right now. It, I, I, Cody, I know you're the junkie that has to watch. I can't. I literally can't because then the second guessing starts, the just making every wrong life decision after that starts. I'm, I'm always just a fan of, of putting it down, getting into the Discord, and sweating it out there. I'm not even worried about my lineups. Uh, I mean, because it just, I can't do it. I don't have... I don't have the willpower to not want to throw my phone across and then pick it back up again when, you know, the, the <laughs> caution comes out and my guys are still up there and everybody else's are crashed. And then, of course, a pit strategy goes wrong and my guys, I don't have the heart for that. I'm not. I'm not there. <laughs> and again, like you said, yeah, I mean, we're uh... not 150 lineup guys. We don't we don't want to. You know, we're for the folks that are like, hey, let's let's enter a couple of GPPs. Let's let's enter a couple of uh, of cash games and, and see where we go. Because um, if you want 150 lines, you can make 150 lines on a super speedway. That's that's pretty easy. Just start random generating and you're good. I'll probably end up close to there just by the time I'm done picking all my <laughs> random lineups. But uh, this is the type of race where I actually put that many lineups in compared to just a couple on, on other weeks. Well, I mean, and then this is this is a more uh, of a of a you know spread out kind of a thing. It's not a precision lineup. One one lineup is not going to probably get you where you need to go. Um, obviously, because if if the big one happens, when the big one happens, what am I saying? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> There's no ifs about no it. <laughs> no. When the big one happens, it's just how many of your drivers from each lineup have have been collected in it, and where are you sitting afterwards. So yeah, you're right. I mean, this is one where you you should put a lot of lineups in. But, uh, you know, just, just know that any optimizer for Talladega probably won't give you the optimal lineup. Yes, uh, that's, that's, that's the basic gist of it. Yeah. So, um, all right, well, let's talk about this race. Uh, we do have to step away for a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk to you about the Geico 500 from, I, I buried the lead. I didn't even say the name of the race. The Geico 500 from the Talladega Super Speedway. Hang tight. We'll be right back. After we tell you about Underdog Fantasy, we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NBA and NHL playoffs are here, and what better way to get down on some player prop parlays than over at Underdog Fantasy besides the NHL, NBA, and MLB games they got going on. They also already got NFL best ball drafts with a guaranteed cool half million in prizes. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Again, one of the, do they call it the crown jewel anymore? I mean, I feel like it's it's a crown jewel race of 
NASCAR. It is the Geico 500. It is the first race at Talladega of the season. Always a lot of pomp, always a lot of circumstances. Drivers will run 188 laps around this 2.660 mile paved track for, you guessed it, 500 miles of pack racing, of tapered spacer racing. Uh, it just doesn't sound as cool as, as restrictor plate, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, these guys will be running around in groups. Obviously, laps led is is an issue here, um, although we're not going to probably see somebody run away with an entire uh, like 100 laps like we do at, at some tracks. In fact, um, last fall, the leader here only led 36 laps total, and that was Ross Chastain. He shared that with Eric Almarola, by the way, if you were wondering, at another 36 laps. Ryan Blaney had another 31. At the Geico 500 last season... Uh, the leader of the entire race, as far as laps were led, were concerned, was 38, and that was William Byron. Kyle Larson had 32. Daniel Suarez had 28. Eric Jones had another 25. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But, uh, you know, again, you're probably expecting somewhere around 35 at probably the high point as far as how many laps a, a given leader will lead on this track. So, this is where we start building, you know, I mean, if you want a precision lineup, if you want one, these are the kinds of things you got to start taking into account. Obviously, fastest laps uh, are, are, are uh, part of this as well. Place differential. Mm. <laughs> I mean, until they, until they qualify, yeah. it could change six. That's the one. That's the one thing that changes more than anything, obviously, is place differential. They could start in the back of the pack. They could go to the front. Then they could say, well, I'm out of here. I don't want to play anymore in this stuff. So they'll go to the back. And wait around a little bit and then dart back up to the front again. So, I mean, this is why you don't watch these lineups, man, because you just don't know where they're going to be at any given lap. Yeah, well, and then, I mean, it takes a split second for them to be wrecked, and then it doesn't matter or for a wreck <laughs> to happen. And Austin Dillon goes from 18th to first, and you're looking gold, like, you know, like gold. So, yeah, it, it's again 188 laps. That, that's some laps led, but not a crazy amount. This is a huge track. The lead at some points can change six times in a single lap. So you only get credit if that guy leads the lap. He might not lead the next one. He might lead the one after that. Fastest laps will be spread out throughout the field. It's not always the leader. A lot of times it isn't the leader. It's somebody else that got a run on a specific lap. So fastest laps, you kind of got to throw out. It's not, you know, who's going to be fast here. It's so hard to figure that out. I think that shooting for laps led is very hard because it, because it is so tough to do. There's a couple of guys I think you can look at that might be able to give you some very high upside. Chase Elliott is one of those. He led 166 laps last season on super speedways between the six super speedway races. But you divide 166 by six. I know I'm not doing a math at this moment, but it's not really, it doesn't work out to be that many laps per race. Now, yes, he's getting you laps led every race, which helps. Um, and it's something you can count on, but place differential and finishing position are the two biggest parts of this. So you don't necessarily have to stack the back. We will see guys that start up front, stay up front all day and finish there. But if you're taking the guy who starts first, keep in mind he's getting no place differential points, and he could potentially get 37 minus place differential points. That's a low ceiling on that. Now, if he spends half the day up front, leads a ton of laps, gets some laps led, and finishes first, he could still have a solid day. And so that's what opens up every single person in the player pool. Some weeks we'll go to the bottom and we'll say, 
nope, 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 nope. There is not a bad play at a super speedway. If BJ McLeod comes out and qualifies on the pole, which is not going to happen, but if it randomly did somehow, maybe that would be a bad play because he's likely not going to finish first and it wouldn't pay off for you. But he's likely going to start bad. That's going to give you that opportunity to play some guys farther back. So it's got to be a combination of place differential. You can do some stack-to-back lineups where you start guys all in the 30s or all in the 20s, 30s. There are so many different ways you can go about this. Uh, Place differential is the biggest one along with finishing position. Those are the two things you should weigh more than anything. Now, if you want to make some go-for-broke lineups, you you get a guy like Elliott, like Keselowski, like Logano, like Chastain that can run up front and lead a ton of laps and play the Pied Piper at the front of the field. You load a couple of those guys up, maybe two or three of them split all the laps led. If they can manage those good finishes, that might be a way for you to win. And again, that's the fun thing about this is there are so many different ways to go about building this. You can stack by manufacturer. We see a lot of manufacturers run together, right? So do a lineup of six Fords. I don't know if you can fit all six Toyotas in there, but if you can, you could do a Toyota lineup. You do a Chevy lineup, do all four Hendrick guys, and then pick two other Chevys to work with them. Different ways you can build lineups uh, and try to craft your narrative for how you maybe think this race is going to be. You think it's going to be an absolute shit show? Play a bunch of the cheap guys, right? Guys in the back, guys like Jay Yaley. That's probably not going to be keeping up with the main pack where he'll get in a wreck. And so he'll get a decent finish at the end. Uh, You know, guys like BJ McLeod are in that category. (laughs) It's just craft however you think this race is going to go. Throw darts at a board. Like I said, I, I literally have my daughter. I put all the car numbers in a hat every time I go to a super speedway. She'll pick out 10 different lineups for me. She pulls out the car number, reads it off. We plug it in there, and that's it. I just run with those lineups, and I've won some pretty decent money with it before. It is it is that random at a super speedway. So if you are a first-time player and you're, you know, you're wanting to kind of get into it, you don't know much about it, this is the perfect race to do it. You could lose, but you have just as good of a chance as anybody else does. Uh, on any other given week this week. So it's, it is a lot of fun to play. Super Speedway Racing has quickly become Cody's daughter's favorite race of the year, too, because she gets to participate <laughs> in drawing. Uh, I hope I hope you give her a little bit of a kickback off of that. And, and uh, uh, I think she mooches off me enough that uh, I was going to say just a little boost, just a little boost to the to the allowance. Come on, dad. I what mean, the heck? I pay for a house for her to live. And <laughs> she, does, she doesn't like it when I bring these types of things up. But uh, you know. why would she um, look and Where, look, where'd my coupon for that food go? Like I, I had it for lunches. Why'd you take my like all your food is free, bro. <laughs> Chill. OK, it's not like that food is going to be any different than the rest of the free food you get. <laughs> Life lessons learned a hard way. Uh, no, but go back to your point too about uh, about where to start and where to finishing. Uh, last year's spring race is a classic example of that. Christopher Bell starts on the pole, ends up finishing twenty second. I'm sure a lot of people were high on Christopher Bell, like just being the fact that he's Christopher Bell, good on super speedways, but uh, ended up finishing twenty second in that race. Daniel Hemrick started third. Probably people were going, oh, wow, Daniel Hemrick, that's a cheap guy. We could probably get some good mileage out of him. Does nope. anybody say good things about Daniel Hemrick ever? I do on I Xfinity. Do <laughs> I, I love Daniel Hemrick. Uh, but he finished 36th in that race. Daniel Suarez started fourth. He finished 31st. So, again, that's just to further Cody's point about 
these these high these guys that start in the front don't always finish that way and uh you got to be careful if you're trying to load up on these guys in the front because especially after qualifying it's very tempting it's very tempting to say "Ooh, this guy is probably going to jump out and lead a ton of laps early but that doesn't happen at talladega so if you're a new dfs player if you've come by way of the youtube channel and and you're now watching because uh, of dfs you know we always caution you on super speedways that you just have to be very careful as to what you're paying attention to and uh, and and look i know qualifying is huge in other races to give us a gauge these mile and a half tracks where it's probably easy for a guy to jump out to a lead but here that first place could turn into 10th a half a lap into this and you're like whoa i didn't even get anywhere in this guy yeah exactly and then a couple other things too generally probably your top five seven ten like if you're gonna play one of those guys it's got to just be probably one of them sticking more than one of those guys up there you're really asking for a lot to happen at that point. Uh, Kyle Larson only makes my lineups if my daughter draws his number. No, I don't take Kyle Larson's number out of the hat. It's in the hat, too. That's the only time, just in case, because he finished fourth here last year, so it can happen. Martin Truex Jr., another guy, not good at... We don't bring that up enough on the betting side of things. Not good at super speedways. Uh, I probably should do that next time we're at a super speedway, uh, because he, he also just... It doesn't seem to get the hang of it. I don't. I don't know. Just he doesn't get the results either. Uh, I don't think he's as inconsistent as Larson is. But those are two guys I generally try to mostly avoid. To be honest with you. All right. Well, I guess it's time to tell people who we're not going to avoid. Uh, obviously, the list is long, but as we always do, we've given you six guys to at least put a little bit more on. You can fit, I think, all of these guys actually in one oh, lineup. I'm sure you can. And, and probably <laughs> we, we went pretty cheap at the top. We actually, we <laughs> certainly did, and we'll talk about that in a second. But I, I looked at both of ours, and we we're like, "Yep, we both are on the same page as far as that's concerned." So uh, we'll start with our highest price driver i was almost going to scrap the whole high mid and low and just say six drivers to target which is what that it would make it even being. tougher because yeah. then you're you're just really drawing six names out of a hat pretty much but uh but we kept the we kept the general format for you we don't want to stray too far away but we'll get into all that when we come back but let's tell you about the sgpn merch store because of as always we're brought to you by the sgpn merch store in honor of the nba playoffs from now until the end of april you get 10% off of anything in the SGPN merch store when you use the promo code SGPN or SGPNBA. That is absolutely what I mean, SGPNBA. Uh, if you use that promo code, head over there to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Use that promo code SGPNBA, and you can actually get a cool little shirt like this. This is, of course, for the old-fashioned fantasy football podcast on the SGPN, hosted by my good friends Justin Mark and Miranda Mark, the Marks, and they are uh, obviously you can find them on the feed as well. But go over there, support them, support us. Get NASCAR merch, get uh, F1 merch, get whatever merch you want, but use our promo code SGPNBA and get ten percent off of that and be happy. That's that's a lot of letters all uh, all combined up in there. Alphabet soup. I I mean we're both military men. Acronyms are our oh, life. So yeah, I'm tired of acronyms. But yeah. yes. Also, love your shirt. I believe I have the exact same one. I actually have multiple old fashioned football shirts. Uh, again, one of my favorite shows on the network. Definitely check them out. Uh, they do a great job, and even despite being Iowa fans. 
they're they're pretty good at what they do. I mean, I don't have any bias against them, but I, you know, that's that's you. That's you in the Midwest, uh, man. Us yeah. us West yeah. Coasters were like, man, whatever. Iowa sucks, but it's okay. <laughs> at least they have legal gambling over there, so they uh, help me right. out sometimes. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, Cody, who is your highest priced driver suggestion for this DFS slate? Yeah, so I I did mention Chase Elliott a few minutes ago. I had originally put him in here. He's the third highest priced driver on the slate. I wrote him up in my article this week. Make sure you check that out over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. He is a guy that I really like, but as always, he gets the Dallas Cowboys bump. He gets the New York Yankees bump. He, He gets the most popular driver bump. He is always going to be a popular play, but he is very good here. Uh, obviously I picked him as one of my winners in the, uh, betting episode on Tuesday. So just something to keep in mind, but I decided, decided to scroll down a little bit and took a guy borderline could be mid tier, but I'm going to count him as high tier at $9,200. Mr. Bread Keselowski. Yes. Uh, he, again, I'm very high on him this weekend. This is a guy though. I'm going to warn you right now. Most of the time he is a boom or bust on super speedways. Brad Kozlowski is very much wreckers or checkers, right? He's going to get one or the other. Uh, now, he did finish second place in Atlanta, the last super speedway we were at. So that's that's a good example. But if you go back, he is he's one of the best super speedway racers in the series, right? We talked about it on the betting show as well. But Dale Earnhardt has 10 wins at Talladega. Next on that list is a three-way tie between Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and Brad Keselowski at six wins. That, that is the elite of elite lists to be on. Brad Keselowski, one of those guys. Um, you go back to the Daytona 100, led 42 laps out front. So again, you can't always count on these guys to lead laps, and I don't take laps led into account too much, but if I am going to try and hit the nail on the head on who leads the most laps, Brad Keselowski is a guy who spends a lot of time at the front of the field. You go to Atlanta, he led 47 laps there as well. So that's the two super speedway races we've had so far this season. That's Brad Keselowski out front in both of them. You go back to last year's Daytona 500, he led 67 laps in that one. So he can get out there and he can lead laps. Now the results can be a mixed bag sometimes, right? He led 42 laps in the Daytona 500, but he finished 40 se- or 40 se- He didn't finish 42nd <laughs> when they only start 40 cars these days. But he finished 22nd there. Uh, and then, it, like I said, he led 47 at Atlanta and finished second there. So you're getting the most out of him right there. And at Daytona, I don't remember where he started. I don't have it in front of me. But um, a 22nd place finish is so-so unless he was starting all the way at the back. Um, but then, then you go back to last year. You look at his results. Again, it, it can be a mixed bag. Ninth place in the 500, 12th at Atlanta. Some good solid finishes there. 23rd at Talladega. 30 or 7th rather at Atlanta. So a good finish there again. 35th at the second race at Dega um, or at Daytona rather. And then 24th at Talladega. So uh, you got some good finishes, right? A 9th, a 12th, a 7th. And then you got some bad finishes, a 35th in there, a couple 20th place finishes. So Brad Keselowski, uh, I wouldn't use anybody in every lineup, <laughs> especially this week, because there there is just so many unknowns and you don't. That's the thing is if you play one guy, you know, if you wheel a guy all the way around, that first wreck, or he's the first guy who has a problem, whatever, and your day's pretty much a shot at that point. So don't do that. But he's a guy that that you know maybe you're pushing it probably a little bit in the cash games, but in GPPs he's got the high upside. That's what I really like. I picked him as a winner. I, I think we're going to see him get back to Vic Lane here for a seventh time, and just be right behind Dale Earnhardt on that list. Uh, so give me some bread, Kozlowski, 
at $9,200. Hey, please, 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 please don't play one guy across all of your lineups. This is not the race. Even if to you do only that. enter two lineups, don't, don't play the same guy in both lineups. Don't play like, the same guys <laughs> in both yes. lineups. Like, <laughs> find some other variations that you can put. I, I can't stress that. Highly enough. Those of you who are savvy, savvy super speedway DFS players, you know, um, and and you probably are already got your eyeballs on a bunch of these guys. But yeah, obviously, just don't, don't, because I don't want to see your guys' day get tanked after the first big one. After four laps, somebody gets jostled around, and and BJ McLeod gets into JJ Yaley and and takes out the whole field, uh, and now we're all screwed. But. Um, as long as BJ McLeod beats uh, JJ Yaley, and I only it, it probably Go wouldn't happen. The betting show. I was gonna say it probably wouldn't happen because they're both gonna be in the back. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it, <laughs> that, that's probably a two car wreck at that. Point. I was gonna say it ripples forward. <laughs> I don't know how the big one can ripple forward, but it'll ripple eh, forward. You never know. Maybe a tire gets loose, chases the field <laughs> down. I don't know. Or a tire just sits there chilling on the well, track. It sits there on the lap for eight, or for, you know, on the track for eight laps before NASCAR <laughs> decides to. Throw the caution just too late, just late enough to fuck us on our Brad Keselowski bets. Oh my God, let that not happen again. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, I am going to go with uh, Denny Hamlin at ninety nine hundred dollars, sort of the the lower end of the higher price drivers uh, in this field, and he really so he sits as the fourth highest price driver, but the first that's just outside of the ten k range. Um, again, for Denny Hamlin, this has been sort of a a lackluster season, as it were. He wants more. I know the team wants more. Um, and then, of course, his whole uh, podcast shenanigans and everything. It just feels like this has been Denny Hamlin's uh, bad start to the season. But we also saw that last year, too, where Denny Hamlin was having a not-so-good start to the season. And we joked about fading Hamlin all the time. And eventually, he ended up turning it all around. Um, and this is a track where I, I really feel like he can turn this around because um, he's done it before in his career. We talked about it on the betting show. He sat on the pole three times in a row uh, over the last five races. So in 2020, he sat on the pole in the fall. To start the 2021 season, he started on the pole. In the fall, he started on the pole. Uh, he won the fall 2020 race here. And then in five races, he's got three top 10 finishes, two top five finishes. Even before that, in 2019 and the, the spring of 2020, he had a third place and a fourth place finish. Overall, he's got 15 top 10 finishes and 34 starts, 10 top fives, two wins total. Of course, it's been a while since he's won, so not really going to count on him to win, but a good solid finish. He actually has led uh, some laps on this as well. Last fall, he led 20. He led nine in the spring, six in the fall of the previous year, 43 in the spring of 2021, uh, on the fall of 2021. And then 26 and 18. So, again, he's been in the front for at least, you know, 10, 15 laps uh, in, in three of the four. Uh, and so I, I really feel like this is a good track for Danny Hamlin to get this done. Uh, a decent super speedway racer overall. Look at what he's done at Daytona in his 35 starts. Daytona hasn't been necessarily a fun track for him over the last uh, couple of seasons. He kind of killed out the 2020. Except for all those Daytona 500 wins. <laughs> well, yes, but over the last couple of years, it's, then, yes. <laughs> it's not been fine. Uh, 17th to this spring at Daytona, 25th in the fall of 2021, 37th in the spring of 2021, and then uh, 13th in the fall of 2021. And that, but I mean, again, it was a good Daytona 500 for him in in 2021, where he got fifth, 
And then third, the the fall before that, he won in the spring of 2020. Uh, he won the 2019 Daytona 500. But uh, again, we know that Denny Hamlin can get it done on super speedways. Lots of laps led on those. 98 in the Daytona 500 in 2021 with that fifth place finish. So uh, yeah, Denny Hamlin definitely has the chops on super speedways. He's just got to be able to stay clean, keep his head level, right? I mean, Denny's got a lot of distractions right now just with his own. I don't know, Cody, and, and maybe maybe the podcast is giving him a little more something to to distract him. I, I feel like he's he's good on the on the podcast, but like, I don't know, man. When you're a podcaster, your, your mindset changes. Uh, I don't know. It, yeah, it's it's tough, man. I Just to go off on a side thing quick, I was listening to Corey LaJoy. He's obviously got his show today or, uh, you know, that came out. Yeah, whatever. I, whatever. I don't know what I was trying to say there. Anyways, Corey LaJoy has his show, the Stacking Pennies show, um, and he was talking about how he doesn't understand why all these guys are complaining about not being able to pass. And he loves how things are such more of a level playing field and you can strategy your way to the front. And I'm like, thank you. That's exactly what I was trying to say. But he makes a solid point. Like guys like Denny Hamlin, he wants it to be Hendrick and Gibbs are so much better than everybody else because then he doesn't have to work as hard to beat all these other guys. And I've just, I've not understood why these guys have been complaining so much about I mean, again, you look back and we've had all these different winners to open the season. We had the same thing last year. Like, it makes it so much more competitive. And then when he said that today, it just clicked. It was like, well, duh, they just want to dominate and not have to work as hard for it, right? And a guy like Corey can benefit so much from it. So, side tangent there. But if you're putting together a Mount Rushmore of active drivers on super speedways, Denny Hamlin makes it. He is very good on super speedways. No argument from me in playing him. He is also extremely smart. You'll be watching the race. Denny Hamlin is in the mix. All of a sudden, the 11 car will go to the top, and you're like, what's going on? He's got a problem. Nope. He's just saying, fuck it. I'm out of here. Things are getting too dangerous. He'll go ride with J.J. Yaley and B.J. McLeod for a while. The field will wreck in front of him, and then he makes his way back to the front when it matters. He is probably the smartest, most uh, – I think he, he gives it the most thought during the race, and – to hear him talk too afterwards, like on his podcast about like the thoughts going through his head and like he's thinking about these chess moves as he's making them at almost 200 miles an hour, you know, two inches from other cars that are going the same speed with all the drag and downforce and wind, like everything that's going on. And he's just processing these chess moves in real time as it happens. It's pretty amazing. And he is one of the best at it. So yeah, you're never going to get an argument from me on Denny Hamlin at a super speedway. Yeah, he's definitely going to have a fast car for sure. So definitely want to throw him in a few, if not a lot, not all, remember not all, uh, of your lineups. So, um, all right, we'll take a step down in price as we step away. Uh, and when we come back, we will do exactly that. But for those of you who watch on YouTube, this magical new invention that somebody invented called YouTube um, I don't know what it is. I'm still trying to figure it out. But uh, somebody says that you can put videos on the internet and people watch them. You guys have been doing that. And that's pretty cool. Uh, and we want you to continue to do so. So if you have not yet migrated your way over to that fancy new site called YouTube, it's youtube.com. H-T-T-P colon backslash back. I'm sorry. Uh, it is youtube.com. And search for the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. We're there. We're smiling. We're happy. Uh, and we're going to continue to do so. So you like, you subscribe, 
uh, comment, ring the bell, do whatever you got to do to keep this thing going on. Um, we've been having a blast so far. Cody? dot. <laughs> Also, if you are watching on YouTube, apologies for my continual nose blowing, battering a bit of a cold here, but I'm uh, powering through. That's And see, this is what you don't get when you listen yeah. to us on audio. <laughs> exactly. You'd have no idea I was blowing my nose during that break. <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, for those of you who are listening uh, on the OG platforms, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or uh, wherever you get your podcasts, thank you very much. And if you could do so... Take the time to go ahead and leave a review. Uh, give us a rating. Again, the bosses love to see it, and and they'll continue to praise us because let's just face it, we do it all for the praise and all for the glory uh, of of the, what this podcast brings to us. Boy, I'd be pretty sad if that was the case, but uh, yeah, do that anyways. We'll love you for it, and uh, and do all the great stuff uh, to support the show. Hey, everybody. If you play fantasy football, especially in auction leagues... And or you're a whiskey fan. Yes, exactly. Check out the Sports Gambling Podcast fantasy football channel show, Old Fashioned Football. Coming to you every Tuesday morning, give us a listen. We'll bring you the latest fantasy football data, including... The injury report. Studs and duds. Waiver wire targets. And suggested fab. Market movers. After all, we are the Marks. He is my hubby. And she's J. Mark's wifey. And we're bringing all this to you while drinking an old-fashioned and giving you our honest review of a different whiskey every week all that and more hop on over give us a listen come for the football stay for the whiskey this ad's almost done going once going twice sold yeah i don't know if i'm i'm doing the youtube thing right and i i kind of don't really I, I don't i know there's not a right or wrong answer i guess to how you youtube but um i don't know i i just i remember when it first came out and everybody was trying to find the formula and i feel like in the 15 or so years that, that YouTube has been around, we still don't know exactly what the formula is that works. So um, I, I don't know if I want to ever figure it out. So it's fine. I love you guys anyways. Thanks for watching. Hi. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, again, you're watching a podcast. So we don't have a ton of production value, not wearing any makeup or anything like that. So here we are. You get us. We appreciate you. It's crazy how many people have been watching some of these videos. It's, uh, yeah, I, I didn't really expect that when, when they told us we were going over there i figured you know three people would watch and it's rod's daughters and nobody else but uh <laughs> here we are hey listen it could still be and they could be finding two <laughs> as many devices all as their they all their spoof accounts hey well, i don't care as long <laughs> as the numbers are there it doesn't really matter <laughs> uh, all right let's uh let's take a step down in price but not value here that's right yes it's basically even value across the board for the most part uh, but i am going to go with bubble wallace 8700 he is really good on super speedways and even more so at talladega he has got 10 starts at talladega and he has only not finished the race twice in those 10 starts um and again that's been through multiple teams with richard petty with 2311 multiple car numbers at 2311 uh chevy toyota he, he's been consistent um and again you go back and you look uh Let's see. It's been rough so far this season, right? He's got his two starts, 20th place at the 500, 27th at Atlanta. So so neither of those results necessarily that great. But um, you go to 2022, he finished 12th in the Daytona 500, 13th at Atlanta, 17th at Talladega, 14th at Atlanta 2, 11th at Daytona 2, 16th at Talladega 2. That, Rod, that is all six races last season in this next car 
and his worst finish was 17th place on a super speedway. That is consistency for you. Been a little bit of a rough start to the first two races, although 20th at the 500 isn't that bad. Again, depending on where he starts, but you're finishing the race, which that alone is the biggest challenge in, in trying to score DFS points is finishing the race. So he can get it done. He's got the win at Talladega here a few years ago, um, and we know he can get it done. He's been so close to the Daytona 500 multiple times. I believe he's got one or two second-place finishes, maybe a third place in there. Um, he, he has been very, very good on the super speedways, consistently shows up, and again, man, his, his six races last season, that's just the biggest thing for me is 17th is worst finish. That means he was running at the end of all of them and had a very good season on super speedways. I expect more of that from Bubba this weekend. Uh, maybe some people are off of him, right? Because you do think of him when you come to super speedways, but the two races we've had haven't been there. Maybe they're going to jump off the wagon a little bit. rest of his season has kind of been topsy-turvy so far. He could right the ship very quickly this weekend uh, in that number 23 car. And, and uh, yeah, I really like Bubba Wallace this weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, again, that's one of those streaky drivers that has so much emotion in him and, and just so much, I don't know, it's it's sort of a crazy thing for him because like he's more emotional than Kyle Busch, and we've seen Kyle Busch be very emotional, and Bubba Wallace, I mean, he was, he was even saying, I'm sorry, guys, I know you're probably going to find somebody better for me next week, uh, sorry, and he was like taking his, his victor, his final lap, just trying to, to get off, but I think you're right. I think a lot of people are going to be uh, away from him. So maybe, you know, obviously in, in GPP is a, a very good uh, addition to your lineup. Cash games, maybe not quite so heavy. Uh, obviously, you want some of the bigger, the bigger buds. But I think GPP, this is a very good dart throw uh, as well. So. Yeah, you said streaky, right? He finished ninth place last week at, uh, at Martinsville. So maybe this is the beginning of a good streak. Uh, I could see it coming from Bubba and... Probably one of his favorite tracks, right? He, he got the win here, his very first win a couple of seasons ago, and he's run here well here uh, since then and before then and, and always. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. My next driver is somebody we've had a lot of fun uh, making fun of quite a few times over the last few years. Obviously, the name Recky Stenhouse is, is synonymous with just about everywhere because everybody likes to make fun of that and say that he wrecks a lot of people. But this season, we're seeing, I think, a much different side of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Obviously, that win at Daytona to start the season was a very good feather in his cap. Um, but then it's sort of been a little bit of hit and miss over the next couple of weeks uh, where he finished 12th in California, 24th in Vegas, 19th in Phoenix, and then 17th in Atlanta. But he did get a 7th place finish on the road course at Coda, 35th in Richmond. But he's riding a streak of two top 10 finishes. He had a 4th place at the Bristol Dirt, 8th place at Martinsville. You want to talk about streaky, this is a, a good place to get streaky. And to break a streak, Ricky Stenhouse has not been very good at Talladega since he started driving this 47 car. He's had a 38th place uh, finish, 33rd, 16th, 30th, 22nd. Uh, but he has one on this track. Ladies and gentlemen, he does have one win. He started from the pole, and he ended at, uh, with the, the checkered flag in his hand. Of course, he was in the 17 car. That was in 2017. Kind of a, a long way back for, for Ricky Stenhouse. But like I said, I mean, he's actually been in the mix this season. He's actually done well for himself to sort of shed that, uh, that I guess, Ricky Stenhouse reputation 
And the fact that he's even got two wins at Daytona under his belt proves that he is a good enough driver to find his way to the front every once in a while. And again, I'm not asking him to get to the front this time. I'd be happy with a solid top 10 finish out of Ricky Stenhouse, depending on where he starts, of course. Um, But he may even get up and lead a few laps. He may even jump up and, and get some fastest laps for you. So there's a lot of possibilities. The the range of outcomes for Ricky Stenhouse is gigantic, and I know that in DFS you want to kind of shrink that a little bit and, and make it to where it's you know a little more even-keeled, but I think the risk versus the reward of him in some of your lineups this week is far greater than than a lot of these other guys that are hanging around the, uh, the price of Ricky Stenhouse. I've got him at $8,100. Um, so, again, he's proven to be a lot of... Uh, pretty consistent driver when he wants to be under certain circumstances. And a couple of short track top 10s, now he gets to stretch his legs out for a big, long super speedway, stays out of trouble, drives uh, not as aggressively because he knows he can get to the front at a super speedway like he did in the spring. So I think this is good value for Ricky Stenhouse. Yeah, I mean, you saw him do it at Daytona, right? 31st to the win, uh, scored 81 points that day. That's That's a pretty solid day for you. Uh, we know he can get it done. He does have a high ceiling, as we've seen. He's also got a very low floor, so be careful because he is called Recky Spinhouse for a reason, and, and that reputation may follow him. Um, and, and so, yeah, so just keep that in mind. Uh, again, maybe you're building a, a high ceiling lineup. You got Brad Keselowski in there. You got Ricky Stenhouse in there. That's a nice, solid start for you. Um, but, yeah, he is a guy that that you have to talk about when you come to Super Speedways especially with his run at Daytona and how the rest of his season has gone so far. They've really got things figured out and he, he doesn't, there's not much pressure on him, right? He's almost locked into the playoffs at this point. He is in the playoffs with that win, right? If you ask the interns in NASCAR, he's locked into the playoffs, even though they don't understand their own scoring system. But uh, anyways, I just, I got to bring that up every time. Every time I see that, I'm just like, how are they locked in? What if we end up with 17 winners and then they're not locked in unless you have two wins. Anyways, anyways. Math is on. hard, Cody. Math is hard. <laughs> it's your point system. How do you not have this figured out? I don't understand. But <laughs> anyways, uh, he is no he so he's got nothing to lose, right? So he can just kind of go for it, which could be good, could be bad, but it does give you that upside side of things. Uh so yeah, he's a guy that, that you have to bring up. I mean, he's got what three career wins on super speedways, so that's not a fluke. He hasn't just backed into three super speedway wins. He's gone out and earned them. He's got a Daytona five hundred. There are some of the greatest drivers ever in NASCAR. Can't say they have a Tony Stewart, no Daytona 500 wins. Dale Earnhardt, it took him over 20 years to get that first one. Like Kyle Busch doesn't have a Daytona 500 win. So he's been able to do that. Uh, so you have to bring him up when you talk about super speedway racing. I agree. Um, all right. Well, I blew through all of our breaks. I, I, I don't normally do that, but I was so excited to, to play the old fashioned promo that <laughs> I blew through the breaks. So. Why don't oh, we just man. Well, how on. about since we since we skipped the news portion of things at the top of the show, which my bad on that. But uh, there was a piece of news that, that has dropped since we last recorded uh, that this. We had already uh, put the Xfinity Series show on the record before the Austin Dillon news came out. NASCAR brought Oprah back in, handing out more penalties. Uh, Austin Dillon's car was one of the cars taken to the Research and Development Center randomly, quote unquote, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, after the Briss, after the Martinsville race, rather last week, um, and NASCAR found 
and illegal underwing mounting slash assembly hardware. Uh, so Dylan, Austin Dylan, that is, has been docked 60 points, five playoff points. Crew chief uh, Keith Rodden has been fined 75000 and suspended for two races. So, um, and RCR ha- did announce they are going to appeal that. I have not seen anything on if they're going to delay that suspension or if Rodden will start serving the suspension. With it being a super speedway, it would probably make sense for him to start the suspension just get it out of the way, even if it's returned later. Also, Andrew Petrie, Andy Petrie, rather, is, I think, direct... Dir- I'm having a hard time with words today, Rod. Uh, but I believe he is the director of competition or something like that, vice president, president, owner. I don't know what he is. Something high up at RCR. Also one of the you know great crew chiefs that's been around in NASCAR. So I would imagine likely he just fills in. So your crew chief gets suspended, and you might even get an upgrade in the process. So... That's not necessarily a bad thing. Of course, they're going to appeal it. This will be the first appeal in the new appeals era, and we'll see how that plays out. (laughs) Everything will stand, and every other penalty that's been handed down over the last two months will be reinstated. That's how NASCAR is going to get around this. You guys want to play around? Fine. Everybody gets everything back. You all are all penalized again. This is how we... This is uh... We're parents, right? So we know how this works. Oh, you want to keep coming to me again? That's all right. Fine. Guess what? Now you're in your room for the next two weeks. Like I, I already put you in the room for two weeks. Now you're in for two weeks more. Like yeah, it's uh, yeah, we'll see. So that yeah, it'll go through the appeals process, which again, uh, they'll have to be transparent why they made the rulings. They've they've shortened what they can do with the changes and all that fun stuff. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. But because we can, Cody. Because we can. That's yes, why. And. Uh, let us know who you think will be the next randomly penalized person, <laughs> and uh, it'll likely happen this weekend. It probably will. All right, who but, do we got for our, our lower-priced drivers today? Yes, some value plays. I am going all the way near the bottom of the board. BJ McLeod, so tempting, Rod. I just wanted to say his name in the show. We brought him up, found a way. If you haven't listened to the betting episode on Tuesday, go back and listen. We found a way to bet on BJ McLeod. It's it's glorious. It was a lot of fun. He could still finish thirty seventh and cash that bet. So uh, yeah, definitely go check that out. Anyways, I, I went up a little. BJ McLeod is forty five hundred. I, I scooted up three spots to Riley Herbst, five thousand dollars. Again, we talked about him in the Cup Series betting show. We talked about him in the Xfinity Series betting show. If you didn't listen to either of those, I don't know what you're doing. Definitely go back and listen. But Herbst is good at super speedways. One career start was the Daytona 500 in this same Rick Ware number 15 car. He finished 10th place there. An upside to Herbst, the Rick Ware cars do not have raw speed. He is likely not going to qualify well. Um, And looking back at the Daytona 500, he ended up starting 38th of 40 cars, um, which he started 19th actually in the duel. So he qualified. That means he qualified. 37th or 38th one of the two so not good anyways that's that's my point is he's likely going to be starting at the back which is perfect i love it if riley herbst is one of the last five cars he could be a guy that ends up in almost every single one of my lineups just because very very high ceiling as far as he won't be able to lose you many points which sometimes is all you need at a place like this and he'll have that high ability to get you points again 10th place of the daytona 500 is one cup series start 
His two Xfinity starts on Super Speedways this season. Sixth at Daytona, fifth at Atlanta. Means he finished the race. Go back to last season. Much like Bubba Wallace, did not in the five. They only ran five Xfinity Series races on Super Speedways, but did not finish worse than 15th in any of them. 11th at Talladega, um, 15th at Daytona, 9th at Atlanta, 4th at Atlanta, 4th at Daytona. Very good Super Speedway racer Riley Herbst is. Uh, and again, he's going to be in one of those Rick Ware cars. I don't necessarily expect him to be dicing it up, leading a bunch of laps, but he can just be hanging out around at the back there, stay out of trouble, keep it clean, just like he did at Daytona, get you a nice solid 10th place finish, and that will be a very good day for you. Uh, again, he started 38th in the Daytona 500, finished 10th, 64.7 fantasy points at a salary of 4,700. They jacked him all the way up to 5,000 this week but still very much playable. Indeed. And, and you know, we love us some Riley Herps. We've talked about him so much in the betting shows, and now that we get a chance to play him almost dirt cheap at a super speedway, I think good things are in for him. And maybe a name that not the most casual of, of NASCAR DFSers may not, uh, may, not, may not play because they think, oh, he's an Xfinity guy. I don't know yeah. if I'm going to play who, who is this guy if they don't pay attention to Xfinity? Or uh, he's an Xfinity guy. You look, he's only had one race. And so people might pass right over him. Yep. And somebody else somebody may pass on is my next guy, and that's Eric Jones. Eric Jones, for the better part of this season, has not been somebody that, if you look at his fantasy points per race, he's at 20.6. Now, Eric Jones is at $6,700 for this particular race, uh, which is kind of around where he's been anyways. Uh, but last week, he got you seven points. The week before that, 33. The week before that, one. The week before that, four. The week before that, 61. So it's it's definitely been a, a weird, wonky season for Eric Jones as far as, especially fantasy is concerned, which again, like I said, is why a lot of people are going to be off of him. But uh, you look at Atlanta, he finished eighth in Atlanta, started 28th in Atlanta. So that's a fantastic day at a super speedway-esque type of uh, a track now the downside of that is that in daytona he started 25th but he crashed out and finished in uh 37th position but the last few talladega races have been absolutely fantastic for eric jones where he's had a ninth place finish and two sixth place finishes uh on this track after starting 26th in the uh fall of 2021 and finishing ninth started 16th in the uh spring of 2022 and he finished 6th, started 12th in the fall, and finished 6th. Led 50, or uh, yeah, uh, 20, uh, 48 laps. Jeez, you're bad at math, so am I. Led 48 laps in those two races uh, in, in 2022 as well. So, again, Eric Jones has actually had success on this track, and not just in the 43, but in the 20. He had uh, a 5th place finish and a 2nd place finish in 2020 started 18th in the spring race and finished fifth started 16th in the fall race finished second here as well so a lot of good dfs days for eric jones on this track and again like i said this is a gpp play in which a lot of people are going to probably say uh that 43 car legacy motorsports is is garbage right now noah Gragson can't get it done eric jones can't get it done this is kind of a, a rough go for it. Jimmy Johnson's had some very bad luck in the couple of races that he's been in in that 84 car. So, I mean, again, this is one of those ones that could, if he if he catapults you from 
you know, 25th position to fifth, then you're looking at a very, very good day, especially if he manages to find his way to the front a few times and lead some laps before his ultimate fifth place finish. But um, again, ninth, sixth, sixth, he knows how to get to the front of Talladega. I think he does that again, kind of turns whatever junk show he's been uh, around and, and, and makes the season a little bit better at least. Yeah, he's another guy that I wrote up in my article. Um, and yeah, I mean, my basic point was he's going to be a sneaky play that people aren't going to be on. And you look back three races in a row at this track, two sixth-place finishes, a ninth-place finish. That's what sticks out the most to me. But he is a solid super speedway racer. Um, and again, with as bad as he has been this season, I mean, last season he came out swinging, right? We go to Auto Club Week 2, and like he's the fastest car in practice. He's hanging around top five all day, and it's like, whoa, this car really is parody. Like, look at Eric Jones. Like, we know he's got all this talent. He's just kind of stuck in this slower, petty GMS car. And then Legacy has just looked like absolute trash this season. Everything has been bad so far. But for a driver like this, for a team like this, his season can switch so quickly. If Eric Jones has a good run here, if he manages to get a win or something like that, everything can turn around very quickly. He's definitely got this one circled probably just like 47 times in the calendar, just continued circling it until he ran through through the paper because this is a track he can get it done on. And I think based on how his season is going, people are not going to be on him as much. Hopefully he'll start back in the 30s maybe somewhere for you where it's not a total obvious play all the way at the back, but solid enough to get you those place differential points. And he can get you a nice solid finish here. So yes, that's one. I'm glad you brought him up because I did not put him in here. But I did write him up in the article, so I'm glad we got to talk about him because he's a guy I'm very high on this weekend. I think he circled it 43 times. Just oh, yes. I Wow. How did I miss that? He, he wanted Ricky Stenhouse. Jeez. That's all. See, you, you said 47 <laughs> subconsciously. That was in your brain. Uh, uh, I guess, yeah. I that's was still funny. stuck on Stenhouse, I guess. <laughs> uh, all right. Get out your pen and paper. We're about to give you all of our plays for this uh, Geico 500 slate. Cody started you out with Brad Keselowski at $9,200. I followed with Denny Hamlin at $9,900. Cody gave you Bubba Wallace at $8,700. I said Ricky Stenhouse at $8,100. Cody gave you uh, Riley Herbst at $5K. And I gave you Eric Jones at $6,700. All of those guys will fit in your lineup for sure. So build one of those at least. Uh, roll it out in a couple of different lineups. See how that goes. And then, of course... Have Cody's kid pick the rest of all of your lineups for you as well. Uh, yeah, hey, my wife, my kids picked lineups. My wife's picked lineups. Random number generator on, uh, you know, on your phone right there. That's a good way to do it. Just watch TV and look for numbers on a commercial or wherever. Like Cody walks up and down grocery stores and says, "Give me a number. Give me a number." Yeah, give yeah. Me hey, you pick a number. You pick a number between one and ninety-nine. Yeah, give me a number between one and ninety-nine. Six I'll be people. just, you know, doing something random. I'll see a number. I'm like, okay, where's the next number? I just start filling out lineups. It's, it is a <laughs> lot of fun, but uh, yeah, go again. The key to enjoying super speedways, plan on all your bets to lose, plan on all your fantasy to lose, sit back, relax, enjoy the race. And when they win, you can be happy at the end of the day. If they lose, you already counted on them losing anyway, so it doesn't matter. Indeed. Grab yourself an old-fashioned, make that day even better for you, uh, and, and have some fun watching Talladega, because it is Dega, baby. Um, all right. 
That's it for the DFS show. We will be back with a special guest uh, for tomorrow's episode to close out the week. Like we said, no trucks, so got to have another guest. I think we'll have some fun with that guest as well. I think we'll come up with a new game. Maybe I'll even give you the score of the old one. You guys have been waiting patiently for uh, a oh, while yes, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, all, all I'm saying is that you got to know how to tease, right? We've teased the hell out of this now, so maybe we'll, maybe we'll finally give it the conclusion that it needs when this next guest is on, right? There you go. Yes, I'm excited to see it. If you didn't listen a couple weeks ago, we had Full Tank with Phil on. That was a very long episode, but it was a good one. We had a lot of fun on that one. Again, it's just kind of a free-for-all Friday, right? We kind of do whatever we want. No format we need to stick to. We've got all the races covered. DFS is covered. All your bets are in. Maybe we'll come up with a few extra bets. We can have our guests give out some of their favorite bets as well and just have a fun episode getting ready for a fun weekend of racing. I can't wait. I'm excited. Man, uh, super speedway racing rod. Yes, let's go. Let's go. Let and everybody hey, we know. did not mention to play him. Make sure you play Corey LaJoy. I don't care if he's $10,000, $15,000, $20,000. I don't know how much he is, but play him. He's $6,100. What? $6,100. so cheap? $6,100. Well, I mean, yes. it's yes. Corey LaJoy. Everybody, uh, yeah. He, he, he. <laughs> don't say it's Corey LaJoy, Rod. What the? Right, we better get out of here. I'm We're... not happy with Rod anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's Corey LaJoy from a, from a fantasy look, standpoint. Look at this man and say that again, Rod. Well, no, I can't. <laughs> See, when I look at that picture, I'm like, I can't. I can't look him in the eyes and tell him he's just Corey LaJoy. See, that's why you got to watch on YouTube because we have fun props like the Corey LaJoy picture. We sure do. <laughs> and that's going to go down in history as an NASCAR gambling podcast uh, prop of fame. Hey, when Riley Herbst wins and cashes my 125 to 1 bet this week. You buying a I have, I have a monster can handy. It's my Gronk monster oh, look can. At you. Big Patriots fan, but I will be chugging a monster on the show. So Beautiful. when when Riley or uh, Ty Gibbs, either one, I I bought both. Mo well, two of the three monster guys. Sorry, Tyler Reddick, but when one of those two guys wins, it's going to be monster party city or something. I maybe know. I'll join you. I haven't I haven't had an energy drink in a while, but maybe I'll join yeah. you on that one. <laughs> so anyways all right well cody why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media as we wrap up today's episode speaking of teases i've been teasing my uh first round nfl draft mock it is now changed to a three round nfl draft Woo! mock uh and it will maybe it be out when you're listening to this if not it'll be out by this weekend for sure so make sure you go check that out over on sportsgamblingpodcast.com you can follow me on twitter at husker underscore zeeb i'll share all my work there always uh, got an article out as well with a couple bets, a couple DFS guys to watch for the weekend. So, uh, yeah, follow it all over there. Again, like, subscribe, click the bell, all that fun stuff. Maybe we'll have a live show Sunday night, depending on how our bets go and depending if we're around and how this cold is going for me. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Oh, man, Super Speedway Racing. Let's go, Rod. Hey, listen, I've got a river that's just on the other side of my house a few, a few feet down. If the bets don't go well... I'm probably just going to go run and jump into that river. So I may not have a live bet or a live show going that day. Just kidding. Just follow if us. If Corey LaJoy wins, I might be jumping in the river for joy. <laughs> for Corey LaJoy. Yes. All right. Oh. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. All the terrible dad jokes are there as well. A link in the bio everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's in between media, the back road. Hope you caught that. And you can catch it again on YouTube with Seth and the boys. Uh, support them as well. We're back tomorrow. Have a fun to wrap up the week. And until then, let's go racing and let it ride.